Grab your Bibles, get them out. <clears throat> what a good day to be in the house of the Lord, amen? So good. Something about coming together and worshiping as a body. Um, I am convinced that not everything that God has for us we will get by ourselves. It is essential that we be in community with one another to um, why? Because I have something for you, you have something for me, you have something for the person across the room from you, and that person across the room from you has something for you. <clears throat> God in his wisdom has set it up in such a way that we actually need each other. And he <clears throat> loves it when his children get along, when they dwell together, when they worship together, and he visits us in a different way when we come together like this than when we do by ourselves. So aren't you glad he came to church? <clears throat> So good. Um, before we get into the message, I want to just mention that um, a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Greg and Harmony have um, put in their resignation to step down as our uh, worship pastor. Um, pastors, if you missed the announcement, there you go. <clears throat> and um, also today we are having a reception for them. And um, uh, so they'll be out in the foyer. And if you want to just say something nice to them, ask them what they're doing. And also, if you want to bless them financially, want to send them with a financial blessing, um, you can scan that QR code. Um, <clears throat> or if you're going online, you could, there's a drop-down, and you can uh, indicate on their uh, browns, or you can write it on your offering envelope and drop it in the buckets. We'll make sure that they get it all, and we'll add to it. So <clears throat> if you want to do that, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. So grab your Bibles. Um, today will be the final message um, in our Jesus Encounter series, we've been talking about the person, the power, the anointings, the nature of the Lord Jesus. We've just been exploring who this, um, this God-man is, who he is. Um, let me just uh, not even really do a review, but just I'll just uh, recite the, the titles that we've done in this message. So part one was Jesus, our Messiah. Part two, Jesus, our God. Part three, Jesus the man. Part uh, four, Jesus our Lord. Part five is Jesus our peace. Pastor Emily did a great job with that message. Part six, Jesus our heavenly bridegroom. He's coming to take this, his bride, the church. Part seven, Jesus our friend. Part eight was Jesus our deliverer. Pastor Bill preached that message. I just listened to it a couple days ago. It was a fabulous message. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Uh, part nine was Jesus, our provision. Pastor Matt preached that message. And then last week, uh, I did a message called Jesus, our Savior. Today, I want to close the series out and talk about <clears throat> Jesus, our healer. I want to talk about supernatural physical healing today. How many know that we are, we are three-part beings? God, we're actually made in God's likeness and image. God is um, three in one, um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and he made us in his likeness, in his image. And we are three parts. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Our body, of course, is the physical part of us, right? And contrary to what some people believe, um, you will actually always have a physical body. In heaven, you will, you will have a glorified body. And I just want to say it's going to be an upgrade. It's a big upgrade for, for some of us, right? So... You know, in this life, in this world, our bodies, unfortunately, can get worn down. We're getting an upgrade in heaven. So 
But the Bible says that we will, we will always be physical beings. We will be, we're, we're spirit beings, but we'll always be physical beings as well. Um, so that's our body. Our soul is our emotions, our intellect. Our spirit is the part that, that does live forever, and it is the part of us that communes with the Lord. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that, um, I pray that you would be sanctified, uh, that, that your whole person would be sanctified, body, soul, and spirit. And so... That is all of us. Um, today, I want to demonstrate to you that the cross was not just for our spirit. Thank God for that. And maybe thank God most for that. But it wasn't just for our spirit. The cross was also for our entire being, for our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, that we could be renewed in our thinking and think like him, and for our physical bodies. Um, a lot of uh, churches... Um, I don't know how a lot, but I think uh, um, there's certain denominations, they don't believe in physical healing anymore. They believe that is something of the past. We do not believe that here at City Lights Church. We, um, there's no indication to me in Scripture that the miracles of the Bible and the miracles of the past um, have to cease. Okay, uh, we are not cessationists. We are, I don't know, believers. Let's just call ourselves believers, okay? <laughs> believing believers, okay? So be a believing believer. All right. Um, so we've already talked about spiritual healing. Uh, I talked about that last week when I did Jesus, our Savior. We've already talked about emotional and, and intellectual healing. Pastor Bill talked about that last week when he preached on Jesus, our deliverer. Um, but today we're going to focus on the physical. Now, um, you guys know this, but there are um, three ways that our physical beings um, heal, are, are healed. <clears throat> Number one, your body heals itself. Thank God for that. Your body was designed in such a way that the, the, the systems of your body rely on one another and your body heals itself. Okay, and thank God for that. He created that. He made our bodies able to heal themselves. Um, otherwise, if you got a paper cut, you would die. You literally, you'd either bleed out, you'd bleed to death, or you'd die of an infection. Thank God we have immune systems. But our bodies are designed to um, counteract these things. Uh, how many remember when, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, um, he kind of said, <laughs> before he did it, he kind of said it in a funny way to the disciples. He said this, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Verse 12, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Um, he, they, they, the disciples said, hey, if he sleeps, he's going to get better. What does that mean? What is that? that? They recognized and they understood, and it's throughout Scripture, that, hey, if you get some rest, your body's going to heal itself. And really, there are three things that our physical bodies need to um, optimize self-healing. Three things, and it's real simple. Um, your body needs um, rest. You need sleep. You need to get stress out of your life. Number two, you need um, a good diet, nutrition. And the third thing you need is physical activity. Generally speaking, if you do those three things, your body is um, you're optimized to heal itself. So our bodies heal themselves. Uh, the second way that our bodies are healed, this one is also from God, is that our bodies are healed um, through medicine. Medicine and doctors. God gives um, a gift to certain people to be medical uh, professionals, and he gives wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for medicines. And so um, we believe um, in taking care of our own bodies. We believe in medicine. We believe in doctors. And thank God for doctors. I've been helped by doctors 
in many ways at many times. How many of you have been helped by medicine before and doctors? Amen. Um, I am, um, and, and you could see this throughout the Bible, where there's different medicines are used in the Bible. It's scriptural as well. God gives this. Um, but I'm certain that I would not be here if it weren't for modern medicine. When I was growing up, um, I had really bad asthma as a kid. And there were a couple asthma attacks that put me in the hospital, and I don't know if I would have made it through those situations. And I actually don't have asthma anymore. Um, I grew out of that, or the Lord healed me. Um, actually, this is, a, this is a cool story. I can't really explain this. But growing up, I always just had this thought. I always knew in my mind, my asthma is going to go away when I'm 15. When I'm 15 years old, my asthma is going to go away. And it's kind of a, well, I'll tell this story since I'm talking about physical healing. Um, it was interesting because I used to, you know, you'd, you'd, I'd go exercise or something like that, and I'd get a little wheezy, and then I would take my inhaler, and, you know, it'd get better. And I remember one of my friends saying, do you take your inhaler every time you just have a little wheeze, or do you take it only for big asthma attacks? And I was like, well, I take it kind of all the time, whenever I feel a little bit, you know, tight in my chest. And he says, oh, I only take it when I have big asthma attacks. And I was like, maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll only take it when I really need it. And so a couple of weeks went by, and I didn't really need it. And then a couple more weeks, I didn't really need it. And then pretty soon, I never needed it again. I just stopped taking it, stopped using it. And I was 15 years old. And I, even from the time I was 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, I just had this thing, it's going away when I'm 15. I don't understand that, but put that somewhere in your theology or, yeah. Okay. How many here have had minor or major surgery? Right? Yeah, come on. So thank God for modern medicine. Thank God we have those things. We live in a first world country where those uh, things are pretty dang good. Okay, the third way that God heals us, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is supernatural healing. God supernaturally can, does, and want to touch his children. In Exodus 15, 26, we're given one of the names of the Lord. It says, uh, God said this in Exodus 15, 26, I will not put on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Okay, uh, the, the Hebrew word Lord is Jehovah, and the word heals there is the word Rapha. This is an, one of the names, one of the titles of God, which is Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals you. And it means uh, to mend uh, by stitching, figurative, uh, figuratively to cure, um, to heal a physician, to repair, or to make whole. Okay, what I want to point out to you about Jehovah Rapha um, is that healing is not just something that he does on occasion. It's like some of you go golfing on occasion, or you have a hobby that you do on occasion. No, it's not something that God does on occasion. It's who he is. It is his name, Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. It is his nature, and it is his character to heal. He's a healer. He's not an oppressor. He's a healer. It says this, and I want you to see the connection between um, spiritual healing and physical healing. It says this in Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Notice the connection between the physical and the spiritual. It's the same God who forgives your sins is the same God who heals your diseases. How many believe the first part of this verse? He forgives all your, forgives all your sins. If you don't raise your hand, you don't believe it. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> now, 
Oftentimes, do, do we not struggle with the second part? Do we believe that he heals all of our diseases? If, he, if they're both in the same verse, he says, I forgive all your sins, I heal all your diseases. Um, okay, but let me show you how this is part of what Jesus did on the cross. What Jesus did on the cross wasn't just to get you into heaven someday. What he did on the cross is to get heaven into you now. And eternal life begins the moment we place our faith and trust in him. I talked about this last week. And now we're on a, in a relationship, on a journey with him, and our trajectory is forever with him. It says this um, in Isaiah 53. This is one of the most, Isaiah 53 is probably the most explicit pictures we have of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's, it's such a clear picture of him. And um, in fact, um, many Jewish circles, because it is such a clear picture of him, they call it the forbidden chapter and just ignore Isaiah 53. But it says this, we'll just read a portion of it. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, uh, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The word griefs here, in the Hebrew, actually means sickness. He bore our sicknesses. That's what the word griefs means here. And the word sorrows here in Hebrew means pain. So he carried our pain and he bore our sicknesses. In fact, the, the, that was the New King James Version we read. I typically read uh, the NIV most of the time, but I will say that the, the NIV kind of, um, kind of neuters this verse um, in this sense, the New American Standard Bible is, is really the best translation of this verse and because it conveys what the Hebrew is saying. It says this, Isaiah 53, 4, in the New American Standard. However, it was our sickness that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pain. Let me ask you a question. Why should we carry them if he carried them? If he bore our sicknesses and carried our pain, why should we carry our pain? Amen? And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, some of you might be thinking, because I, I, I hear the questions, you know, I hear them up here, you know. In fact, I'm typing this and I hear the questions. Some of you might be thinking, well, when it says sickness or pains, maybe it's just talking about spiritual pain or spiritual sickness. But I want to show you how this verse, Isaiah 53, how it was thought of in the New Testament by the apostles. It says this in Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. When, P when Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. He healed all. Everyone say all. I like the word all. It's all. All y'all need to learn the word all, okay? He healed them all. Jesus never turned anyone away who needed healing. He healed, them, healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our affirmities and bore our diseases. So that's confirmation that in the New Testament, what he did by healing people was to fulfill what was spoken about in Isaiah 53, okay? So there is spiritual healing at the cross, there's emotional and intellectual healing at the cross, and there's physical healing in the cross. Everything you and I needed was provided for at the finished work of the cross. 
the finished work. It was a complete work. Jesus didn't, um, he wasn't, remember on the cross what he said? He said before he died, it is finished. And then he died. He didn't say to be continued. <laughs> to be worked hard for later on by other people. Amen? He did it all on the cross. Isaiah 53, and, and I want you to see this. Isaiah 53, 5, it says, and by his stripes we are healed. When the apostle Peter references that verse, 1 Peter 2, 24, he says, Who's, uh, by whose stripes you were healed. Okay? So when Isaiah is looking at it, Isaiah is before the cross, and he says, someday there's going to be a cross, and by his stripes we are healed. And then Peter on this side of the cross says, by his stripes, we were healed. And so you and I, <clears throat> there is a future and forward redemption that we look to, but the victory for us was really one on the cross. We look back to the cross to find all of our redemption in that moment. Amen. Okay, so I, it's impossible for me to give a, like a full theological explanation of healing and casting out of demons and all those things in, in, in uh, one sermon, Perhaps we should do a series on this in the future, but I want to talk about how do we receive healing. Um, it's been my experience that God doesn't really get into formulas too much. As soon as you make a formula or a form, he like finds a way not to be in that formula form. Um, for example, like sometimes when Jesus healed people, like remember he had, he spit in the mud and rubbed it. Can you imagine coming to church and someone who needs, like wears glasses and you're like, let's go spit in the mud and rub this in your eyes, you know? Sometimes healing, the way it came about, was pretty bizarre, okay? Um, it always amazes me when people are critical of, like, charismatic, Pentecostal things that we do. And it's like, have you read the Bible? Have you seen the things that they did here? Um, this is not bizarre in comparison. Okay, so um, we need to be sensitive to the way the Holy, what the Holy Spirit is saying. But underneath... Um, Jesus rubbing mud in people's eyes, Elijah laying on someone who's dead, um, the leper dipping seven times in the muddy Jordan River, right? Um, in the midst of that, and sometimes it was through just a simple prayer, Jesus, a simple prayer, or one of the apostles doing a simple prayer, and it was that easy. Beneath all that, I want to give just a little bit of um, framework for how God heals. Um, and in a minute, I'll try to attempt to answer some questions about like, why sometimes we don't see physical healing. Um, we've already talked about um, the word saved in the Bible. Uh, we've talked about this often here at this church, is the Greek word sozo. And it means saved, healed, and delivered. So it's body, soul, and spirit. Um, there are, by the way, there are examples of this word saved in the Gospels um, for spiritual healing, for emotional healing, and for physical healing. But it's the same Greek word. Um, but it says this in Ephesians, and I think this is a key for us. This is a big verse for us on, um, on how to get saved. Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Okay, how to receive salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and, and the new birth in Christ. Um, it's <clears throat> by grace through faith. What is grace? Grace is God's divine influence on the, human's heart, on the human heart and unmerited favor. So it is by God's um, influence on our human heart that we, by grace, and then we go through faith, and that is 
how we get saved. I was trying to think of an illustration um, of how this could work. And I was thinking, like, imagine you're on a boat, and the boat's called Grace. So it's by a grace, and you're going through on the water, and you're going through a tunnel called Faith. So we're on this boat, and I can't even paddle the boat, but the boat's just going to take me through this, to, through faith into the promises of God. Okay, this is what it's like with um, supernatural healing. It's not by works so that no one can boast. This is why salvation is a free gift. Salvation is not an obligation paid as a debt. God wasn't in debt to you and needed and owed you something, so he paid you out salvation. God wasn't in debt to us, and we don't, we don't put God in debt by our good deeds. This is true of physical healing. This is true of salvation. This is true of emotional healing. We don't work our way into being good enough for God that he would heal us uh, physically. If you disagree with that, you need to listen to last week's message. We talked extensively about the grace of God and how really none of us could ever attain enough to be good enough for God, but it's by grace that he moves on our hearts. Okay, what about physical healing? It's the same thing. It is by grace through faith, and it is a gift. He moves on us, and it is a gift on our lives. Amen? What do we need to do? We need to just believe and receive. That's our job. Sometimes I think we make it too complicated. We try to strive our way into a miracle. Listen, you're not going to strive your way into a miracle. What do we do? We have to be childlike. Childlike. Believe and receive. And if God says to rub, you know, spit in the mud and rub it on someone's eyes, like, I mean, the worst that can happen is that you got spit in your eye, I guess. So maybe that is pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen it done that way. But I have heard of people like, you know, God said to pour a bottle of water on someone's head and they were healed of like brain cancer or something like that. Okay, so sometimes the manifestation is pretty bizarre, but underneath it all, it's by grace through faith and it is a gift of God. So why, why doesn't healing always manifest? Good question. And there are probably many reasons for that. And... Um, but I don't personally believe, I don't believe it's a matter of God holding back or a matter of God's will. I believe that it is God's will to heal. It is his character, his nature. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's not Jehovah strike you with sickness. That's not his, that's not his name, okay? His name is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus perfectly demonstrated the will of the Father. You want to know the will of the Father? Look at Jesus. Jesus never turned anyone away who needed healing. That is the will of the Father. Okay? So, <clears throat> Jesus healed all who came to him and some who didn't. Jesus healed all who had some faith, some who had little faith, and some who had absolutely no faith because someone else was asking to heal their servant or their child. Okay? So, <clears throat> does faith matter? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that faith doesn't matter, but in, in the case of our Lord... There were some that had faith, some had little faith, some had much faith, some had no faith, okay? Um, now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, how many of you have sinned since you became a Christian? <laughs> since you became a believer? And if you're not raising your hand, you're a liar, and you just sinned, okay? This might shock you, but I have sinned. 
since I've become a believer. I'm sorry to have to say that to you. You can ask my wife. It is true. She is well acquainted with sinner Pastor Kurt Chamberlain. Okay. But let me ask you a question. But, but didn't Jesus bear my sin? So, so why do I still sin? Didn't he bear my sin? Of course he bore my sin. So why do we, why, why do we still stumble along the way at times? Well, here's, here's the deal. We're saved, and, and, and we, we say this often as well. Our spirit is saved. That is perfected forever. When you receive Jesus as Lord, your spirit is perfected forever. And I could thoroughly back that up with Scripture. Your soul is being sanctified. Your mind, will, and emotions are in process. We're being renewed day by day as we walk with him, as we're obedient to him, as we get into the scriptures, as we focus on him, as we um, cast off the flesh, right? As we walk in the spirit, that's how we're being sanctified in our soul. And our bodies will be renewed someday completely. Thank God for that. We will have no sickness in heaven. Amen. And Jesus said, by the way, to pray in this way, our Father who is in heaven, Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you a question. Is there sickness in heaven? No. So if we're praying God's will, what are we praying for? We're praying for healing. We're praying for people not to be sick. We will get new bodies in heaven, and our bodies are being renewed day by day, supernaturally. By the way, the only thing better than supernatural healing is supernatural health. Oftentimes, and thank God for this, we need a miracle and God does touch our bodies. But what if we just walked in supernatural health all the time? I propose that that's possible. Okay, so you can say it like this. We were saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Right? We were saved, our spirit. We're being saved, our soul. We will be saved, our bodies. And our bodies are being saved when God touches us. And it says this in Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. I don't know if this is in... I, I put this, I added this last night, but it says this. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin. So why are our bodies subject to death? Because of sin. Because we live in a fallen world. So even though your bodies are subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. What an amazing scripture that he will quicken, he will give life to our mortal bodies by the power of the spirit living inside of you. Oftentimes we're like looking for a miracle to come to us, but really it's the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and he will, he will give life to your mortal bodies. You need to believe that, church. Come on. What's extremely important in this whole thing is that we don't, when we don't see a manifestation immediately or, or at all, it's really important that we don't feel condemned if we don't see physical healing or make someone else feel condemned if they don't see physical healing. What do we want to do? We want to be childlike about it, believe, believe for one another, pray for one another, um, but never make someone feel condemned if they don't you know, receive healing. And like say, oh, if you had more faith, you would have gotten healed. And listen, even if that's true, it's not very edifying. And it doesn't help them have more faith. <laughs> like if you could say that and they have more faith, it might work. But listen, faith is a product of grace. We have more faith because of the grace. What do we need? We need more grace. We need the grace of God to be move, move on us. 
And some people, this is also a major side note, some people have the gift of healing. Some people have more of a reputation for praying for people to walk in the, in the gift of healing. And that is a factor as well, as some have the gift of prophecy, and as some have the gift of um, the, uh, words of knowledge, etc. But here's what I want. Here's, here's my heart. My goal is that every person who calls City Lights Church their home would believe that they are personally qualified to pray for physical healing for themselves and for other people. So I have some goals for you. I don't know if you have goals for yourself. I've set some for you. And one of my goals for you is that you would start running with me. Oh, wait, just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> you can, by the way. <laughs> no. One of my goals for everyone that goes to church here is that you would feel and believe you are qualified to pray for people for physical healing. Like we want to take, we want to be a people of, um, listen, perfectionism is the enemy of risk, of walking in the spirit. Amen. And if we're, we're perfectionists and we're like, well, what if it doesn't happen and we don't want to step out, we don't want to pray for someone, we don't want to, like we're never going to take any risks. And I'm just telling you, it's in that place where you are on the branch and you saw the branch off. That's the place where God meets you oftentimes. He meets you on the water. And I just want to say, I believe some of us have taken on the identity because, you know, many of us have prayed for people who it didn't go well. They died or, or whatever. And oftentimes, I think we'll take on this identity. We're like, well, I believe in healing. I believe God can heal. I believe it is his will. But that's like someone else's thing. I'm just going to leave that to that other person. And today, I just want to reignite and re-encourage us to sign up for this and to be, a, be believing believers. That believe in the things that the Bible says because they have not ceased. I have prayed for... I think thousands of people to be physically healed. And I wish I could stand up here and tell you that all of them have been healed. I, we need miracles in our own family. Like my daughter and my wife has migraines. We have people on our staff, people in our church that I know need physical healing. I wish I could tell you that every single person I prayed for got healed. I wish I could tell you that half of them got healed. And if I'm just being honest, I don't see it all the time. I've prayed for people who have died, and that's discouraging. How many have prayed for someone who's died? You know? That's, that can be really discouraging, especially if they were, it seemed to be an untimely death and they were young. That, that can be very discouraging. I've prayed for people who saw no change. I've prayed for people who've seen change and been healed over time, and that's pretty exciting. And occasionally I've seen people that were healed on the spot. I want to give a couple stories. And if you have these stories, tell them to people. Tell them, tell the stories to people. Because, listen, how many people have experienced supernatural healing yourselves or prayed for someone else and you saw supernatural healing? See these hands going up? Go talk. If you don't believe that what I'm saying here, go talk to these people and ask them because the, the, the testimony um, ignites and it stirs faith in our hearts. Okay. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, we recently, we, we went to Israel a couple weeks ago and a man uh, named Sean Wheeler, who doesn't go to church here, um, he he was uh, goes to church at Res Church, which I used to pastor at, and I didn't even remember this. But he said, "You prayed for me, however many years ago, and I was totally healed of something." And he said he said that he he woke up that morning, and he had pain in both of his knees, had really bad pain and couldn't even like jump, and had pain in his knees for a long time. And the Lord said, "I'm going to heal your knees today," and he's like, "Okay, great." And he goes, "Who who?" 
who's going to pray? Who do you want to pray for me? And, he, and the Lord said, I'll show you. He got the church and he said, the Lord showed him me. And he came up to me after church and said, hey, I want you to pray for my knees. The Lord says, he's going to heal me. He's going to use you. I don't even remember this. <laughs> but he told me this uh, when we were in Israel. And he said he got completely healed, like on the, on the spot at that moment, totally healed. So come on, God does it. Another thing that happened, and <laughs> it's funny that this is, this is Greg's like last day. Um, we're having a reception for them. Hopefully we'll still see them here every once in a while. Um, but um, so it, listen, if you have testimonies where this man or his wife have like blessed you, tell them that, that you've been blessed or that God did something through them because that's really encouraging. Uh, but my last day, we're having a, you know, in the foyer, there's a reception for my wife and I and there's cookies and people are just come up and, you know, be able to say thank you or talk to us or whatever. This one young kid comes up like a, I don't know, he's probably in high school tall kid and and he comes up to me and then he's he's just crying he says you don't know this but um however long ago um you prayed for me he says i was supposed to have open heart surgery this is like a life or death situation open heart surgery you prayed for me and god completely healed me and and set him free and i'm like why are you just now telling me this (laughs) why are you just now telling me this but super, super encouraging. Open heart surgery, that, that's, that's a big deal. Let me tell another story. Um, this wasn't necessarily me praying, but um, one of my friends, uh, evangelist Todd White, um, we, had, we hosted him a few times at conferences and different things. And just so you know, the way Todd is up here and you see him, like, he's like that everywhere. Like you go to a restaurant with Todd and he's like, you're trying to talk with him and he's praying for weight stuff and all this different... It's kind of distracting, honestly. <laughs> like, I go to pick him up at the airport. I'm like, where's Todd? Oh, he's praying for someone over there. <laughs> this is just who he is. He's on point all the time. But we, uh, we went to, after a, a conference, we go to dinner. I think it was at, like, Denny's or something like that. And there's a wait, or one of the ladies, a wait staff, comes up and um, is waiting on us. And he says, hey, do you have back pain? And she goes... Yeah, I do. And he's like, hey, grab my hand. So he grabs it. He doesn't ask to pray. He just, says, he just prays for them without asking, which I don't always recommend. But he grabs her hand, prays for her back. And she's like, I feel, this is not a person that goes to church. She's like, I feel heat and I feel fire in my back. And she said, um, I, my, my kidneys hurt. Like I have, I have to get dialysis um, every week. And we're like, cool, God's moving on her. She feels heat, whatever. I go back in there like uh, a couple weeks later, and she's like, I don't know what happened when that man prayed for me, but she's like, I don't need dialysis anymore. Like God completely, completely healed that lady. And um, she had this necklace that reminded her of that event, but like God completely touched her. And I've, I've seen that happen um, on several occasions just hanging out with Todd White. Um, at one of the conferences that we were doing, um, there was a guy that had really bad back pain, like just terrible back pain. And, you know, Todd prays for him. And it was kind of a scene, like everyone's watching. And it didn't get better. And Todd's like, no, we're going to get this. And he prays for him again. And nothing happens. And then finally, he's like, they just kind of ended the service and went back and worship. And he's like, let's go pray for this guy in the back room. We take him into the back room, pray for him again, pray for him again. And really, nothing happened. That night, that guy goes home. And he has 
God begins to heal him overnight. And he's, he uh, always, has, always had pain. And then for the first time, he slept all night with no pain. Came back the next day. He's like, my back is completely healed. And so even though it didn't manifest instantly, it like started happening in the, the hours after that. So it was kind of, I wish, I, I think, you know, they, they came back and he testified, but it was an evening session. So like there were a lot of people there and it looked like nothing had happened at all. And sometimes nothing does happen, but God healed him. Come on. God is a healer. Sometimes healing will come through your body healing itself. Sometimes it comes through the doctors and medicine, but never lose sight of the fact that we serve a God who heals. Jesus displayed this perfectly. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And uh, I'll, I'll close with this. And I'll have, let me have the, the ministry team come forward um, and just face that way. And if you need prayer for physical healing this morning, these guys are going to pray for you. And they're loaded. And we're a little thin this morning, by the way. So if you're, yeah, we, we need more people than this. So I want to I close with this story. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah, um, he just got done calling down fire on the prophets or, or on the, um, to display to the people and the prophets of Baal that the Lord is God. So this tremendous victory. And then it says in the Bible, they went up, there was a famine in the land. And he said to Ahab, you know what, let me just read this verse. Because I think this is a key to um, seeing breakthrough in our lives. Here we go. Okay. So after this tremendous thing where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and it burns up the altar, it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. So there's this tremendous famine happening here. And he has a servant. He says, Go look to, toward the sea. He told his servant, and he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. I want to pause right here. Elijah could have said, well, that's not enough. There's a, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not going to do anything. What did he do? He recognized this is the beginning of the breakthrough. I just want to say, and, and how many times did he have the servant go back? He had him go back seven times. Seven, why seven? You know, well, there's significance in the number seven. But what I want to say is that many times we have to be persistent in prayer and keep coming to the Lord and keep believing. Even Jesus prayed for someone more than once. He prayed for someone who was blind and they could kind of see, but it wasn't perfect. And then he prayed again and that person could totally see. So many times we have to be persistent in prayer. But um, Elijah recognizes the small breakthrough here. He acknowledges that. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and heavy rain started falling. What I want to say is that when you're praying for physical healing, or really for anything for that matter, be thankful for anything God does. 
oftentimes it's like, you know what? I couldn't move my knee that well before. It's not totally healed. Just begin to thank him for what he is doing. We're so focused on what God's not doing that we oftentimes miss what he is doing. So two things, persistence in prayer. Don't give up. Number two, thank him for the smallest, minutest thing. And oftentimes thankfulness leads to the greater miracles. Amen? All right. I'm going to have you guys stand to your feet. This is part of our DNA. This is part of our culture as a church. We just believe God heals. I'm not saying I'm an expert in it. I wish I could say it happened all the time I prayed. But we're going after this. Amen? This is what we're going after. And we want to grow in this. We want to be a church that sees healing manifest in people's bodies. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for every individual in this house, Lord God. I thank you that what you did on the cross was to set our spirit free, that we could live with you forever. God, it was to set our mind, will, and emotions free, that we could walk with you every day. But, God, I thank you that you also bore our sicknesses and carried, God, our griefs, our diseases, Lord God. We carried those. You carried our pains, Lord. And I pray this morning that we would lay hold of the finished work of the cross. And as we pray for people this morning, that you would touch lives, touch hearts, in Jesus' name.